What's up, guys? Welcome back to another episode of the podcast. Uh, whether you be on YouTube or any other podcast platform, I great, greatly appreciate your support. Um, and if you guys have any suggestions on what I should do next or anything else, just shoot me a voice memo on Anchor or leave a comment on any of my social media uh, in the notes below. Um, now today, I'll, our episode is going to be about the terrible tragedy that happened on uh, this Wednesday, 18 years ago. The terrorist attack on the World Trade Center uh, and a bunch of uh, other places that we will go into in a little bit. Um, 9-11 is a day that will live as live on as one of the saddest days in Americans, America's history. And I wanted to remind you guys of all that happened before, during, and after the fateful day because if you listen to my Thursday episodes, you know, you already know what I'm about to say, but I believe if you don't remember history, you're doomed to repeat it. Um, and to also preference, I was barely nine years old, I mean nine months old, uh, when this hap uh, attack happened. So most of the information I'll be using won't be from my personal knowledge, but from accounts from others who could recall that day better than I could. I'll leave links to the website websites I use in the notes below. So yes, I was nine months old when this happened. So we're going to start uh, with the before. Um, to start, uh, after 9-11 happened, a series of investigations were conducted to determine what intelligence may have existed before the attack, however, and whether that said intel was ignored or not used or anything else. So let's hop in the little time machine, you know, the whoosh. Uh, we're going back to the winter of 1998 when uh, Bill Clinton was president. Uh, the CIA's counter-terrorist center reported that Al-Qaeda, or Al-Qaeda, whatever, however you like to say it, uh, was prepping for attacks in the U.S. that might include hijacking planes. So I'm not sure if they acted on this info, but to say the least, there was about half a dozen more times like this where they had intel from other sources that said something big was going to hit the USA, but they didn't know uh, when or where it was going to happen. Uh, as I go on to tell you in just a second. So we have a couple more instances. Uh, we fast forward to the year 2001, where MI6, which is a British intelligence agency, you know this if you've watched James Bond before, um, we're hearing talks of a huge scale terrorist attack uh, was to take place. They didn't know the two things, the where and the how, um, and the when, I guess. Yeah, they knew it was happening sometime soon, but they didn't know like what specific date and stuff. So, MI6 was then fed a bunch of useless leads after this, but had sold until that July would be the attack month. Uh, backtrack a little bit to May of that year. Uh, now under the Bush administration, the CIA again informs the White House that a group in the U.S. was in the process of planning a terrorist attack, a, ter a terrorist attack, and in June, the President's daily brief stated that the U.S. was not the target of said attack, and if they did, uh, and if they, the said terrorists did attack, uh, the CIA said there would be dramatic consequences. Um, the last two instances where info could be found before the attacks occurred was in July 10th, 2001 and August 6th in the same year. In July, the CIA's counter-terrorist chief met with the NSA advisor, NSA stands for National, National Security Advisor, uh, to tell her that they had received intelligence that Al-Qaeda, or Al-Qaeda, or however you like to say it, would soon attack the U.S. Uh, most didn't take this seriously and saw it as a play of deception meant to gauge the U.S.'s response to said, uh, said allegation. Uh, August 6th saw another President's Daily Briefing in which they warned that bin Laden was planning to exploit his operatives here in the U.S. to mount a terrorist strike. So they said that this was not pr prompted by any specific threat and it was not made known to them at the time. 
of them I use aircrafts or missiles um, uh, my analysis uh, I said with all this information gathered together it's clear to me that they knew a terrorist attack was coming but again didn't know from where or how or when so I didn't think they could have prevented it from happening before with the intelligence they that was gathered um, so now that was the before let's move in moving on to the day of infamy and I'm not talking about Pearl Harbor I'm talking about the second uh, day of infamy uh, infamy September 11th 2001 so a brief overview from history.com reads uh, 19 militias associated with the Islamic extremist group Al-Qaeda uh, hijacked four airplanes and carried out suicide attacks against targets in the US uh, two of the planes were flown into the Twin Towers of the World Trade Center in New York. A third hit the Pentagon just outside Washington, D.C. And the fourth plane crashed in the field in Shanksville, Pennsylvania. Almost 3,000 were killed during the 9-11 terrorist attacks, which made, uh, triggered major U.S. initiatives to combat terrorism and defined the presidency of George W. Bush. Um, I will be going more into depth on this day and after in a second, but before I go any further, let's just have a moment of silence for all who lost their lives that day in all four attacks. Thank you. Alright, so now we'll be diving into what all happened that day, including the four attacks and how these terrorists acted that fateful day. Uh, let's start with the first and most famous attack, the World Trade Center. I'm again going to quote history.com because they describe it very well. Uh, let's see, on September 11th, 2001, at 8.45 a.m. on a clear Tuesday morning, an American Airlines Boeing 767 loaded with 20,000 gallons of jet fuel crashed into the North Tower of the World Trade Center in New York City. The impact left a gaping, burning hole near the 80th floor of the 110-story skyscraper, instantly killing hundreds of people and trapping hundreds more in higher floors. As the evacuation of the tower and its twin got underway, television cameras broadcasted live images of what initially appeared to be a freak accident. Then, 18 minutes after the first plane hit a second Boeing 767, United Airlines Flight 175 appeared out of the sky, turned sharply toward the World Trade Center, and sliced into the South Tower near the 60th floor. Shortly after this, both towers collapsed, and any first responders who had rushed into the buildings were killed, trying to save the lives of others. Uh, the towers were never rebuilt, and in their stead, a memorial was built where they once stood. It commemorates the lives lost that day. Um, so now, the second attack uh, was on the Pentagon, which is in Washington, D.C., so a little bit under New York. I don't know the amount, like the exact mileage, but it's about, so New York's right here, and uh, Washington, D.C. is in the middle, like between Virginia and New York and all that stuff. So it was a little bit away away so um, the Pentagon which is in Washington DC and is the headquarters of the US Department of Defense uh, to quote history.com again as millions watched the events unfolding in New York American Airlines flight 77 circled over downtown Washington DC before crashing to the west side of the Pentagon it's a military headquarters at 9:45 a.m. so just pretty sure just an hour after yeah an hour after um, the two uh, the two planes crashed into the World Trade Center um, jet fuel from the Boeing 757 caused a devastating inferno that led to a structural, structural collapse of a portion of the giant concrete building, which is the headquarters of the U.S. Department of Defense. Um, let me think. Uh, all told, 125 military personnel and civilians were killed in the Pentagon 
along with all 64 people aboard the airliner. Uh, and then I did a little research. Uh, it took them a year and five months and approximately $5 billion in a project called Project Phoenix, which saw them add a memorial for all those who lost their lives. So they rebuilt the Pentagon and have a memorial dedicated for that inside the uh, Pentagon itself. And if you guys want to learn more about that, uh, that source and all the sources from this uh, will be in the notes below. And the final tag was an attempt to fly, was an attempt to fly the plane that the terrorists had hijacked into what they presumed to be the White House. It, I was reading an article and I will put this again in the show notes. Um, it said it could be the White House, it could have been Camp David, uh, could have been wherever, but they mostly assume it's in the White House. Um, as History.com says, meanwhile, a fourth California-bound plane, United Flight 93, was hijacked about 40 minutes after leaving New Newark Liberty International Airport in New Jersey. Because the plane had been delayed in taking off, passengers on board learned of the events in New York and Washington via cell phone and air phone calls to the ground. Knowing that the aircraft was not returning to an airport as the hijackers claimed, a group of passengers and flight attendants planned an insurrection, which means they wanted to do a little coup d'etat against the uh, hijackers. One of the passengers, Thomas Burnett Jr., told his wife over the phone that, I know we're all going to die, and there's three of us who were going to do something about it. I love you, honey. Another passenger, Todd Beamer, was heard saying, are you guys ready? Let's roll over an open line. Sandy Bradshaw, a flight attendant, called her husband and explained that she had slipped into a ga galley and was filling pitches with boiling water. His last words, her last words to him were, "Everybody's running to first class. I've got to go. Bye." The passengers fought the four hijackers and are suspected to have attacked the cockpit with a fire extinguisher. The plane then flipped over and sped towards the ground at upwards of 500 miles per hour, crashing into a rural, rural, rural. Near, near, oh my gosh, in a rural field near Shanksville in western Pennsylvania at 10.10am. 10, 10 All 44 people aboard were killed, as intended target is not known, but the theories include the White House, the U.S. Capitol, the Camp David Presidential Retreat in Maryland, or one of the several nuclear power plants along the eastern seaboard. Now reading this, I just got crazy goosebumps because this is really sad. Um, and now we will be talking about all the effects that 9-11 had after it happened. So after 9-11, things weren't the same. The U.S. had changed and so did the world. Here's a couple ways via PBS.org the world has, has and hasn't changed since 9-11. Alright, so we got life in Afghanistan. Uh, in the, and this is quoted from PBS.org. Uh, in the wake of the attacks, the U.S. embarked on the longest military campaign in its history in an effort to break the Taliban's grip on Afghanistan. Now, the conflict has claimed 111,000 Afghan lives and 2,372 U.S. lives. It helped to bring stability to some of the parts of the country, but Afghanistan remains on the brink of failed status. Yet, there had been some improvement in quality of life since the war. The infant mortality rate for children under five has steadily decreased from 126 deaths per 1,000 live births in 2001 to 70.4 deaths per 1,000 live births in 2016. Uh, data doesn't exist on how many children were in formal schools during the Taliban's reign, but uh, UNICEF reports that the figure was likely almost zero due to the Taliban's education bans. Today, about 4.7 million children ages 7 to 17 attend formal school, the agency says. 
uh, oil prices. Crude oil prices surged after the September 11 terrorist attacks in the United States and still haven't recovered. In 2001, a barrel of crude oil cost $21.84 per barrel, and then a decade later, the price quadrupled to 95.73, the highest on record since 1860. By 2017, the price had ta uh, tapered to $48.05 per barrel, more than double what it had been before the attack. Uh, before the attack, sorry. Crude stands at 69.91 barrel as of September 11, 2018, so just last year. Uh, we have a couple more. One, two, three, four. F yeah, four. And then we have one more thing after that. Uh, where were we? Yeah. Anti-Islamic violence in the U.S. Half of U.S. Muslims said they find it more difficult to live in this country since the September 11, 2001 terrorist attacks, according to Pew Research Center surveys. Acts of violence against Muslims broke out immediately following 9-11 and have been prevalent ever since. Four days after the attacks, Belber, Singh, Sodi, a Sikh American man was shot and killed in Mesa, Arizona. The government wrongly assumed Saudi was Muslim because he wore a turban. In 2001, the FBI recorded 93 anti-Muslim assaults, a number that was not eclipsed until 2016 when the Bureau recorded 127 such incidents. Uh, you, knew this got, you knew this one was coming, but uh, changes to air travel and safety. Uh, the days after September 11, 2001 saw the rise of enhanced aviation security. To deliver on that demand, the Transport Security Administration, uh, TSA, formed in 2001, eventually received its first full-year budget of $4.8 billion in 2003, uh, an amount that grew to nearly $7.6 billion by 2018. Uh, that agency transformed the way Americans flew. Only 5% of checked bags were screened before 9-11, whereas all are screened for dangerous materials today. While air travel has been uh, seeing growth since 9-11 overall, the industry suffered immediately after the attacks. In 2002, one out of six Americans said they reduced air travels following 9-11. So you have 9-11 to thank for those uh, long uh, hours you have to spend at the airport uh, getting checked in and stuff. Um, rise in 9-11 related illnesses. Illness, uh, illnesses linked to the attacks including respiratory and dis digest uh, digestive diseases, cancers, post-traumatic stress disorder or PTSD, and more have emerged over the nearly two decades since. Uh, to better track and treat a growing number of people who report symptoms tied to that day, Ooh, the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention established the World Trade Center Health Health Program Sorry, in 2011. Since then, 87,484 people have enrolled and those 1,744 people have died. Most served as responders who pitched in for rescue and recovery efforts and more than half are between ages 45 and 64. And despite the program's name, it also screens and helps treat first responders and survivors from the Pentagon and Shanksville, Pennsylvania crash site. Uh, this is the last one for After Effects. Well, not really. This, uh, this one and another thing I, uh, that I added in here. Uh, and changes in the global economy. While the U.S. GDP measured by purchasing power parity doubled from $10.6 trillion in 2001 to $19.39 trillion in 2017, China's and India's economy, economic growth has exploded during that period. China has risen to number one in the world with a GDP of $23.16 trillion in 2017, up from a $4.1 trillion in 2001. And India's GDP has gone from, from about $2.2 billion in 2001 to about $9.46 trillion in 2017, ranking it fourth behind the U.S. Uh, the European Union is ranked at number two after suffering a collapse along with the U.S. during the global economic crisis.
and to wrap up these After Effects, um, it took the U.S. about uh, 10 years uh, after 9-11 to kill Al-Qaeda, Al-Qaeda's leader, Osama bin Laden. History.com puts it in an attempt to protect himself from arrest and win even more recruits to Al-Qaeda's deadly cause. Bin Laden moved from Sudan to Afghanistan in 1996. Meanwhile, the scale of Al-Qaeda's attacks continued to increase. On August 7, 1998, bombs exploded simultaneously at the U.S. embassies in Nairobi, Kenya, where 200, or 200, <laughs> where 213 people were killed and 4,500 people were injured in Dar es Salaam, Tanzania, where 11 people were killed and 85 were injured. Al-Qaeda took credit for these bombings. Then on October 12, 2000, a small boat loaded with explosives plowed into the hull of the USS Coal, an American naval destroyer docked off the coast of Yemen. Uh, 17 sailors were killed and 38 were injured. Bin Laden took credit for that incident as well, as as he did for the uh, 9-11 attacks. Um, a federal grand jury in the United States indicted Bin Laden on charges related to the embassy bombings, but with no defendant, there could be no trial. Meanwhile, Al-Qaeda operatives were busy playing the biggest attack of all, the 9-11 attacks. Uh, even the frenzy of the post uh, September 11 global war on terror, Bin Laden eluded capture. For almost 10 years, he remained in hiding, issuing fatwas and taunts over radio and television, recruiting F- enthusiastic young jihads to his cause and plotting new attacks. Meanwhile, the CIA and other intelligence office- officials searched in vain for his hiding place. Uh, finally, in August 2010, uh, they traced Bin Laden to a compound. Abu Dhabad, Pakistan, about 35 miles from Islamabad. For months, the CIA agents were watched the house while drones photographed it from the sky, and finally, it was time to move on. On May 2nd, 2011, so about 10 years after 9/11 happened, it was May 1st in the United States. A team of Navy SEALs burst into the compound. Uh, they found the Al Qaeda leader in an upstairs bedroom with a pistol and assault rifle nearby, and shot him in the head and chest, killing him instantly. Justice, said President Obama in a televised address to the nation that night, has been done. Uh, to close, um, I'd, I'd just be thankful for all those who went in and without question and died to try to save others. Um, that to me is a definition of patriotism. And I applaud the first responders then uh, who had the courage to do so and today who do these things for us at a moment's notice. Um, Next time you see one of these hardworking responders, uh, whether that be getting a ticket or um, being at the hospital or anything like that, tell them thank you for what they do. Um, I promise you'll make their day because um, it's really not a forgiving line of work. I mean, these people were called in at a moment's notice and they lost their lives because it was their duty. So the least we can do is tell them thank you. Even if we are getting a ticket or going through hard times, we can still tell them thank you, thank you in the uh, in the spirit of this season. Um, thank you guys for tuning into this episode. It was a little long for a Monday episode, but um, I've had a great time researching this and making this episode. So if you guys like this uh, episode, the little informational episode, leave me a comment and share and share it with your friends. Um, my name is Mason Shank. And this has been another great episode of the All In and Then Some podcast. Thanks, guys.